Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. So glad that you guys are all with me today. All of us, you and me and all the rest of mankind, we're all on this journey. And it's a progression. We came from a place, and we're all going to end up at the same place where we came from. And that's with the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Most of us have come through a progression, a progression of religion, then finding out what grace really is, the finished work of Jesus at the cross, what that really means, then learning the Father's love for us, and then inclusion, and then inclusion of all mankind. And it's an exciting, tremendous journey. And today, I'm going to share something with you that's very simple, yet extremely profound. And it has the most practical, beneficial, and important application I've ever experienced in my 74 years of life and my 11 or 12 years on this grace journey. I can guarantee you from personal experience that if you really see this and use it with the right understanding, it will bring about positive changes in your life beyond your wildest dreams, your greatest hope, and your most vivid imagination. And those aren't my words. They're the Apostle Paul's words. And he knew. And he wasn't blowing smoke, and neither am I. This has been percolating in my mind and spirit really for all my life. I didn't know what it was, but I finally come to understand what it is spiritually and how it's so powerful. Now, while everything is scripture-based that I'm going to give to you today, I'm only going to give you one or two scriptures. Most of you know those scriptures already. And the reason I'm not going to give you all the scriptures that go with this is because those of us with a religious background are going to tend to go, oh, well, wait a minute. I, yeah, I know that scripture, but, and it's going to keep you from hearing what we've heard today. I know because it did me. Let me set the stage with a story from my past week uh, as I'm recording this. You guys are hearing it later. But where I'm recording this was from this past week when my wife, Kitsy, and I spent a week on vacation with different groups of friends in Colorado. We were with a couple in Colorado who used to live here in Lawrence where we do, and they were an integral part of our church when they lived here in Lawrence. And the man, the husband, has a 42-year-old 1979 truck named Homer. Homer's very simple. Homer has no computers, no power, anything, just the bare basics of a vehicle. His wife has a brand new Jeep, kind of a, a luxury Jeep with all the bells and whistles. And we had a running joke with them as we went to the uh, Royal Gorge and a 
got on the train ride there and had dinner and then came back. We were in the car for an hour and a half or so each way. And we had a running joke that you could plug every appliance in your house into uh, the outlets inside of that Jeep and it would power them all in case the power went out. Well, there's a big difference for the male friend in that when he takes his truck called Homer out for a ride as to when he takes the new luxury Jeep out for a ride. He's my age and sometimes needs some reminders, and so his wife has made a picture list for him, a checklist of what to take with him, what to have, what to use, and what to do and everything in the Jeep with all the different fancy things in it. If he uses that checklist, well, things go well. Well, I'm going to give you a reminder list today, too, that I've been using, and I guarantee you that if you use it, things will go well for you. And if you use it, you will start to see wonderful things manifest in your life that you never thought possible. I'm finding that out myself. I actually have a long list of things that Jesus had me compile this week of things in my life from the time before I, while I was still in high school, that I'm going to show you how those things have manifested. And hopefully you're going to get the picture of this. And we really need this because as I've been teaching you all about meditation, we all meditate, but most of the time we tend to have negative meditation. Meditation is simply thinking about something a lot. And we tend to have thoughts filled with anxiety and fear and worries. We tend to have negative meditation. We all talk to ourselves. We have self-talk and we say things like, oh, I'm so worried about this new strain of COVID. I just don't know what to do. Or I'd like to do this with my life, but I could never do that. Or nobody in my family has ever done anything like this. I, you know, I can't do that. I knew when I was a kid growing up, no, we had no professionals in our family, no doctors, no lawyers. And I said, well, nobody in our family's done that. I, I can't do that. Or we say things like, I'm too old or I'm too young, or I'm too big, or I'm too small, or I'm too poor, or I'm too much in debt, or I've got too many bad habits, or I don't have the education, or I'm not smart enough, or I don't get the opportunities other people had, or I've blown it so many times in my past that I can never do this. I've tried it before and it's never worked. Other people get blessed. Good things happen to other people. I'm I'm a Christian, but they don't happen to me like they do other people. That is negative self-talk. That's meditation at its worst. The wisest man, supposedly, who ever lived, Solomon, wrote this in Proverbs 23, 7. As a person thinks within himself, so is he or she. Whatever you think, whatever you say to yourself, you believe. And that's what you become for good, for better, or worse. And the more we say, the more our self-talk is about negative things, the more we say it to ourselves even say it out loud to ourselves. I mean, especially say it out loud to ourselves. And even worse, when we repeat those things out loud to other people, the more cemented we become in our self-destructive mindset. Now, I'm not going to quote you scriptures that say, don't worry, don't be anxious, because quoting those scriptures in and of themselves won't do anything except cause you to beat yourself up more when you continue to worry and be anxious. I know from experience. I'm going to give you something to replace those thoughts with, something that is a total game changer. It's more than just positive self-talk. It's positive meditation, visualizing things, and you're going to see what that will do in your life. 
some of you have already seen before. You may not have realized what it is. All right. I'm going to start out with a checklist. I'm going to give you three things here. You may be tempted. Some of you will know what these three things are. You may be tempted just to check out for a while and think about your shopping list or playing golf or whatever and just tune out. I urge you not to because you're going to see why in a few minutes. Here's the first thing on your checklist. Truth number one. These are objective, never-changing truths about God. Here's truth number one. God is. <laughs> there is a God, and God is. Many of you know some of these things that I'm going to tell you now, but I want you to get it. God is pure light with no darkness. God is pure love with no conditions. God is grace. God is for you. God is continually working all things out for the good for you. God is life. God is peace. God is joy. God is our father, a father that's for you no matter what. God is the best father you can imagine on steroids. God is in all people, including you and through you, and has already included you and everybody in the human race in God's family forever. God set things up before creation so that we, you and me, would be right with God always, no matter what. God forgave you in advance for any and everything you think you could ever do that could make him not love you, not like you. God chooses to keep no record of your mistakes, no record of them. He doesn't even think about them. He never brings them up to you. All of that's true about God. God is relational. Get that. God is love. God is pure. God is light. God is grace. God is relational. That's what God is all about. His whole purpose in creating people is to love us and to be in relationship with us and to bless us and for us to be in right relationship with him and have confidence in that. I call him Papa, Jesus, and Grace, call the Holy Spirit Grace, are one with us right now. We are their best friends, and they delight and enjoy in being in us. They love us so much they made their home in us. God gives every single person dreams. He calls them the desires of our hearts. And God wants us to use our sanctified imaginations and dream, conceive in our mind what we want, visualize whatever our heart's desire is. Psalm 37, 4, David wrote this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The passion says, God will give you what you desire the most. God puts those desires in our hearts and then he wants to give them to us. That is the objective truth. Whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, or whether you question it or not, you can never change or negate who God is. You're not that powerful. <laughs> Neither am I. Now, when we hear things like that and we go, uh, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't think that's, that, that's too good to be true. When we have that mindset, we miss out on all the wonderful benefits that are true. All right, here's your second thing. Because of God's great love and grace, these are objective, never-changing truths about you. You can take this to the bank. This is what God says about you. <laughs> you are now and you always will be one with God. 
Christ is in you. You are pure, perfect, without fault. You are beloved. You are highly favored. You are God's son or daughter. You are Jesus' brother or sister. You are Grace's best friend. You are one with God. You're in perfect relationship with God, in perfect union with Jesus, Papa, and Grace. You are God's beloved. God is especially fond of you. You already have every spiritual blessing that there is. God has lavished them on you in his grace. Everything has been taken care of for your perfect relationship with God now and forever. Nothing can ever, ever, ever separate you from the love of God. God's love is forever in you and with you. God is always continually working all things for the good with you and for you. You're the apple of God's eye. You are God's pride and joy. Christ is in you. Christ has always been in you, is in you now, and always will be with you. As Jesus is in this world, so are you. God loves you so much and likes you so much and enjoys you so much and enjoys his relationship with you so much that nothing can ever stop that relationship. You have always been, are, and always will be sozo, S-O-Z-O, the Greek word that we just translate as saved, but it's way more than that. It means you're complete, you're right, you're one. Everything is true about you and God. God's given you the desires of your heart. God gives you dreams and desires. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, what you desire the most. Now, what I just said is the objective divine truth. Whether you believe it or not, whether you question it or not, you can never change or negate who the real you is. Never. Yes, here on this earth, we have free will to choose where we want to go, where we want to say, but we don't have free will in regard to who God is and who we are. We don't have free will to negate the fact that Christ is in you and for you and loves you. And God is working all things out to restore you to a perfect oneness with him. That is the objective truth of you. But when you say, ah, I don't know about that. It kind of sounds new agey to me or whatever, or my, my denomination doesn't believe that or whatever. Or, uh, you know, that, that's too good to be true. I, I don't feel like that. That's fairy tale stuff. Or maybe that's true for some people, you know, Billy Graham or somebody, but not for me. When you say that, you miss out on all the benefits of what is objectively true for you. You don't get to experience it subjectively. It is that simple. Here's the third thing. All people are in the same boat with you. One with you, one with God, just like you are with God. There's no in or out, inclusion, exclusion, male or female, religious, non-religious, wrong religion, no Christian, non-Christian, no saved or unsaved, no favored or unfavored people. The objective truth is everyone, whether you believe it or not, whether you question it or not, is right with God, came from God, God loves them, and they will go back to God. We're with God right now, and we will eventually be with God forever. You can never change or negate all of that. But when you say, "Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think that's true. That's too good to be true. What about Hitler? Uh, I don't feel like that. That's fairy tale stuff. That's positive. That's new age stuff. When you have that mindset, you subjectively miss out on all of the benefits 
of what is true. Folks, this is unbelievably good news for you all and for all people. Your book, Scripture, says all those things. I didn't come up with these things. That's where this is all from Scripture. The problem is hardly anybody knows that. And most religious people focus on the wrong Scriptures and say, well, yeah, but. (laughs) The problem is hardly anyone knows these truths. The vast majority of people believe lies. Now, I think many of you know everything I've said so far. Some of you are just hearing this for the first time, and you're going, wow, wow. Some of you have heard it before, but I've said this again for a very important reason, which you're about to see. Most of us who know what I've just reminded you of don't use what we know in a productive way. We miss the mark most of the time by a lot. Most people, even most grace people, aren't experiencing anywhere near what God has for us in every area of our lives, physically, financially, relationally, in our careers, in our relationships. Even most grace people have a nagging feeling, a nagging question, why isn't this working for me like the way it is some other people. Why isn't it working for me like I'd like it to? Be honest. Most of us, I have, we've asked God for help with something. We've prayed. We've asked God to change our circumstances. And a lot of times, it hasn't happened, right? That's the way it's been for me. Most of us have had dreams, still have them, about things we'd like to do or be or happen but they haven't come about. And then we hear a verse like, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God will give you what you desire the most. And we tend to think, ah, yeah, well, that might be true for others, but not for us. I want you to think about, I want you to do a little exercise with me now. Think about a situation in your life that you want to change. Something that you want to happen. Some place where you want sozo. You want salvation. You want wholeness, completeness, fullness. Some place where you have a dream. You have a desire. Something in your life. It could be with finances or health or relationships or employment or career, whatever. Most of us have more than one. But just pick one exercise now. And if you can't think about it, look at where the time is on this recording you're hearing and finish it. But then think about some place in your life that you want things to be different, better, and then come back and do this exercise, all right? Think of what it is in your mind that you want to change. Instead of thinking about, talking about, complaining about it, instead of asking God to help you, instead of telling God, God, this thing in my life is so bad, here's what it is, here's what it is, here's what it is, and speaking those words and asking God to help you. Instead of that, use the R-E words I've been teaching you first. Realize what you're thinking and saying is hurting you. It's keeping you from receiving the desires of your heart. Recognize that you're not delighting yourself in the Lord. You're whining to the Lord. Recognize you're not being grateful. Rather, you're doubting and complaining and worrying. And then reject those thoughts. 
When you've got something in your life that's not good and you want it to change, reject those thoughts. Send them away. Give them to Jesus. He wants to take them away from you and replace them. Repent. Change your mind about them. Use the mind of Christ that you have. Now, thank you for staying with me for a while. Here's the secret that I've learned. Instead of dwelling on what's bad or even thinking about what's bad, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight. Thank God. Be grateful to God. Don't complain, worry, doubt, whine, or whatever. Delight yourself in God. Say, God, Father, Papa, Jesus, I delight myself in you. I'm so thankful to you. I'm so grateful to you. Delight yourself in God. Don't blame God for your problems. Don't dwell on your problems. Tell God and feel this, mean it, believe it, how much you love God. Delight in God. Delight in who you are in him. And you may want to go over these three things that I've given you already. And just you can pray something like this. You can say, Papa, Jesus, grace, whatever you call God. He didn't care. Say, I'm so delighted that you are who you are and that you've made me who I am. I'm so thankful and so grateful to you that you are totally good. I'm so thankful and grateful that you made me totally good with you. I'm delighted in you. I am your forever beloved child. I'm Christ's brother. Christ is in me and for me. I am Grace's best friend. The four of us are one. I am so delighted, Papa. See, that's always been true. Papa, I'm so delighted what's always been true that I came from you and I'm going back to you and I'm in you now. Papa, I'm so delighted that you've given me this dream, this desire of my heart that things will be like this. Don't state the bad situation. Don't state what's wrong. Don't even acknowledge the negative. It's extremely, extremely important. Let me say that again. Don't ask God to help you or to fix something. Don't tell God the problem. Don't even, don't even acknowledge the negative. That's so important. Just don't take those thoughts. Don't bring them up. Say, Papa, I rejoice in you that you've given me this dream, and whatever the dream is, that you want to be true instead of what the situation is right now. Say, Papa, I'm delighted that you are bringing this about. This is my dream, and I visualize it. I see the end result of it. Thank you. I'm delighted in you. I'm so grateful. Just think about the end result and what it's going to be like, how you're going to feel like when that comes to fruition, when that happens. Don't even think about the old situation you're in now that you don't like. See the end result. See the end from the beginning. See what is already true, but just hasn't yet manifested in time and space. See that end result. Don't even entertain any thought that it won't happen. Now, don't come up with a plan. Don't try to figure out how it's going to happen. You know, don't waste your time asking for help or anything like that. When you visualize lack or not having your stuff, that just cancels all this out. Just visualize how happy you're going to be, how delighted you're going to be, what you're going to feel like when the situation changes and delight in the Lord and rejoice and picture and see it and feel it and experience it in your mind happily and gratefully. See it manifesting. See it as a done deal. Just close your eyes and picture it. Picture Sozo being complete and whole. 
Delight yourself in grace. Grace is God giving you the desires of your heart and rejoice and experience what you want to happen the way you want things to be. Dream about it. Visualize it. Your mind doesn't know the difference between a dream and what appears to be reality right now. You'll have the same feelings in when you delight in something and visualize it that you actually will have when you see it manifest. Grace is God's imagination, powerfully bringing the desires of your heart about, bringing it to fruition, manifesting. Now, go through this process every day. Don't do it once for two or three minutes and say, oh, well, that didn't work. No, repeat this every day, several times a day. Go through these things I've said about that are true objectively about God, about you, and about everybody else, and visualize what you want to change in your life and focus on that. Don't even give the time of day to what's negative. Focus on what you want to change and do that several times a day, every day. Now, for in the moment things that are just happening right now, like when you're trying to find your keys that you can't, or you're trying to fix something or trying to open a can that you can't get it open or something like that, you you do the same thing. You just stop, visualize Jesus doing it as you. Don't get angry. Don't focus on the problem. Just say, Jesus, thank you for doing this. I see you doing this as me and watch him do it. Then keep track of these things that happen. Now, if you want to share with me what the dreams of your heart are, what you're visualizing, send them to me. However you want to connect with me, send them to me, and I will believe for those dreams with you. I'm going to pray for you now how I pray for things like this, and I'm praying as you right now. I'm not going to bow my head and close my eyes. Jesus didn't. He looked up and raised his hands up to Papa when he prayed. Dear Jesus, dear Papa, dear Grace, you are God. You are good. You are totally good. I came from you. You are in me and I'm in you. I am your beloved child. You have given me the desires of our heart. You put them there and you're bringing them about. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Grace. I love you. I delight my heart in you. Amen. Folks, I hope you're as excited about this as I am. It's not an exercise. It's not an academic thing. The results are there. I've been keeping a list of things in my life. I've looked back over my life for the last 60 years since I was 14, 15 years old at the things that I have visualized happening, that I've seen happen in my mind, and then they've come about. Most of the time, they've come to me without me putting in any effort to get them. Sometimes I've been a participant in bringing them about. Most of the time, I just visualize them. I, had no, I didn't know what I was doing. I did not know what I was doing. I've just come to that realization in this past season of my life. And I'm going to be sharing more and more and more about this with you. If you have something in your life, that works better, do it. If what you've been doing isn't working, stick with me. How about that? Grace to all. Love you all. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, 
and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.